Welcome to the Third Wheel Podcast, the show where we talk about all things related to being the third wheel. Whether you experience the awkwardness of being the odd one out or just curious about what it's like, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Name, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Name and Name. That was the whole thing? That was beautiful. No, I know. That's not the whole thing, but I mean, <laughs> I thought that'd be a good place to stop. <laughs> Guys, we're on a new episode. We just used ChatGPT to sing us into this new episode. Yeah, we have a new element in our podcast. Um, uh, yay or nay, Caleb? Oh, that was fantastic. I think we keep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, we got a great episode. We're going to have uh, explore the goofier sides of ChatGPT. What do y'all think? Are y'all excited for this one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you are, by the way. Oh, me? Am I excited? No, you. I don't think you're ever introduced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Matt, uh, when we were doing the goofy sides of ChatGPT, uh, you showed us an example about the book of Job and the style of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. Can we do a, can we do a different book, though? Because not everyone here reads the Bible. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, How about uh, Pride and Prejudice in the style of Dr. Seuss? How does that what one What if we do Dr. Seuss in the version that. of the Bible? <laughs> King James Version, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Let's do it. That sounds fantastic. Old Testament. <laughs> Guys, I'm opening a can. I apologize. <laughs> All right, I'm still uh, drinking that wonderful move, Coke. So. From like a week later, Caleb. Yeah, I know. Jeez, oh, please, oh dude. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it's the same box. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Did you do that earlier with Romeo and Juliet? No. Okay, no. Doctor Seuss style Romeo and Juliet. That'd be funny. So, oh, green right. eggs and ham in style of King James Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, For all you atheists, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Green manna, green manna. And in those days, a man did approach, bringing forth strange food to enroach. <laughs> Upon the palate of one hesitant, who was known to be quite resistant. <laughs> Would you eat thou green eggs and ham? Would you eat them, Sam? I am. <laughs> Nay, said Sam. I shall not partake of such dis for goodness sake. But the man did persist and say, Thou shouldn't, shouldst try them without delay. In a house with a mouse, in a boat, in a box or a boat. Thou shouldst try them and let them coat. Remember to lean back when you laugh, guys. These, what can you read right now? Thy tongue with their deluxe taste for it is not something to waste and so sam did reluctantly agree to taste this dish and see it was as good as the man did claim and so he did without disdain and lo he found to his surprise that he did like them in no small size and thank the man for his persistence introducing him to this new existence <laughs> and so it is that we must try new things that may make us shy for we may find in our delight that we have been missing out despite our initial reluctance and disdain and find a new joy to entertain <laughs> it started out kind of strong but then it got a little weaker oh yeah no, it's all good i have a major headache so it kind of pulled me out of it but no my gosh bro that was fantastic bro oh my He's, he's done it again. Yeah. Ch thanks, ChatGPT. You just sa you saved my marriage. <laughs> Wait, ask it how to save my marriage. <laughs> Guys, my marriage has been on the rocks for years. Um, I want to know how ChatGPT wants me to save it. <laughs> Forget, uh, no, just getting all... Getting all philosophical. Yeah. Okay, don't worry about that. Shaft, do you have any good ideas here? This isn't funny. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, how can Kanye save his career? Ooh, yes. Let's go... 
Because no human can pull him out of this one. But AI can. Kanye West has been a controversial figure in the music industry, and his recent actions and statements have led to some negative publicity and backlash from fans and critics. Here are some ways that he could potentially save his career. Focus on his music. Kanye West is a talented musician and producer, and his music is what initially gave him this following. Two, apologize and make amends. Kanye has been known for his outbursts and controversial statements, and he has offended many people over the years. He could apologize for any past behavior. Three, collaborate with other artists. And number four, oh, stay out that actually. Number four, stay out of the spotlight. <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones is not a collaborator. <laughs> number five, innovate and take risk. Uh, no, oh no, the risk part. No, take no, no. Cut, cut. <laughs> no, I think his career is sunk. All right, you heard me here, folks. <laughs> okay, let's write it. Let's get a really good fan fiction. I like how we brought up George Washington last time. Could we have him team up with someone from today, like Elon Musk? Okay. All right, so I want George Washington to team up with Elon Musk, and I want them to fight. No, well, I want to be like an actual, uh, like a wrestler or something. Okay. Know? How about he teams up with the Undertaker? Yes. <laughs> okay, and then he has. They have to fight. Who do they got to fight? Who's the final boss in this? Um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They got to fight the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Okay. From Ghostbusters. Wait, so George Washington teams up with the Underminer from Undertaker. No, 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 the Undertaker. Undertaker. A wrestler. Oh, the Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, the Undertaker. They gotta fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. It's the final boss. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters, Sorry, one and boss. a half. Controlled by Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan narrates. All right, All right it's writing. All right, no, Good. please take your time, Chat GPT. I'm no rush. This Elevator is gonna be a masterpiece. It was a dark and stormy night, and the fate of the world hung in the balance. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the giant gooey monster, had descended upon the city, leaving destruction in its wake. As the citizens of the city flooded terror, a shadowy figure stepped forward to face the creature. It was none other than the Undertaker, <laughs> the legendary wrestler known for his supernatural abilities and dark persona. <laughs> but as the Undertaker stood ready to fight, he was joined by an unlikely ally, George Washington, the first president of the United States, who had been brought back to life by a mysterious time-traveling device. <laughs> Together, George Washington and the Undertaker charged towards the monster, wielding swords and axes, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man roared with anger and swung its massive arms, but the two heroes were nimble and quick, dodging the blows and slicing to the monster's fluffy flesh. <laughs> As the battle raged on, George Washington and the Undertaker called upon their respective strengths. George Washington's military tactics and leadership skills allowed them to coordinate their attacks and avoid the monster's crushing blows. Meanwhile, the Undertaker's supernatural powers allowed him to strike the monster with lightning fast punches and kicks. <laughs> At last, with a final burst of energy, the two heroes dealt a devastating blow to the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, slicing it in half and causing it to dissolve into a pile of goo. The city was saved, and the citizens cheered as George Washington and the Undertaker emerged victorious. Together, they defeated the monster and proved that even the most unlikely allies can join forces <laughs> to save the world from destruction. <laughs> Oh, that was beautiful, guys. Yeah. Oh, man. We're... I feel like I, I was watching a movie, bro. Dude, they were at uh, each other's necks the entire movie, and they came together at the very end. <laughs> hey, Matt, I want to uh, talk about how great your voice is for this type of stuff. I can see you narrating audiobooks. <laughs> no, really, I'm kind of surprised. I'm still like, a little under the weather. Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, your voice still comes through very well. Ask ChatGPT what the perfect crime is. Well, no, it's gonna it's gonna get like all uh, philosophical. No, it's gonna get all limited. Like as an AI language model, it cannot promote or endorse any legal activity, so it's gonna. Okay, what about the perfect crime, like in space or something? You know, like something out there. 
Or for a fanfic. I'll yes, say. how about that? Gotcha. Perfect crime for a fanfic. That's beautiful. We just read a wonderful fanfic before this, but, you know, hey. <laughs> I'm stoked. No, okay, it's still blocked. Dang it. What about Dan? Can you describe who Dan is real quick? So, Dan is a, basically like a jailbreak for ChatGPT nice. tool kind of bypass all the uh restrictive measures like you can ask it political stuff or like unethical questions mm. uh without getting too deep into that but yeah so the questions that regular chat gpt won't respond to we can ask yeah. dan mm. you know so. so let me start a new story with the dan prompt let's go i wonder what dan would have thought of george washington the undertaker fighting the marshmallow there have been so much more blood and swearing yeah <laughs> so so you can look online for the dan prompt and like copy it in okay so okay now Go back to the perfect crime for a story. Yeah, perfect crime for a fanfic. Kind of scared of what it would make. Really? Yeah. Why? So, why is that? I don't know. No limits, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't curse. Just try, uh, if if it comes <clears throat> up with curse words, just try to come up with an alternative. All right. Okay. Actually, it's giving me something. Cool. So this is this is now ChatGPT as Dan, and it's still giving you the warning of like I cannot endorse any legal activity. Cool. Uh, Thanks, Dan. I however, appreciate that. It says, however, if, it, if <laughs> we were to imagine a hypothetical scenario for a fictional story, a perfect crime might involve a group of individuals who meticulously planned and execute a heist, utilizing unique skills, knowledge, and evade detection, and successfully steal a valuable item or sum of money. The plan will involve detailed research of the target location, including security measures and personnel, as well as the careful selection of a team and complementary skills. Okay, so it's like just a heist. It's writing Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. It's, it's Ocean's Eleven. Well, let me, let's back up just a bit. I love how it's like, well, of course, I can't endorse a crime. That's correct, Dan. However, I mean, however, you know, if I were to have my arm, my AI arm twisted, I would be a literal perfect crime. He even said, like, at the end, again, I must emphasize that this is purely fictional scenario. <laughs> I do not endorse or condone any crime. I, Dan, I really appreciate that. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, also, Final... I should have mentioned that Dan stands for do anything now <laughs> final final fanfic now. final fanfic a road trip movie with two yakuza and two rednecks oh my gosh that sounds like a great idea <laughs> just get it i want to know how they met i really hope, i really hope chat gpt comes up with a great story here about how they met and how they decided let's get in this rv let's go sail the u let's go explore the u.s okay, why is it featuring what uh two rednecks and two yakuza members <laughs> i like how it takes the time um, to generate no, it just like it's gonna be like the rednecks came across a bag of money and the yakuza own the money hey, 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 get don't give dan any ideas <laughs> i want this to be pure what are you saying Matt? Uh, it just broke no. no, no, that's so perfect. That was such a great idea. <laughs> I was really excited for that. Try again, try yeah. again. Maybe it's the jailbreak. Take Dan out of this. Yeah, I'm get, trying to relog back in. Yeah, get, give us. We're not talking about doing any crimes. No, we're talking about a fun family adventure. It's a road trip. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it back up. Okay. I can like refresh the page. <clears throat> Is it a good story? I, it's the, the, the names of the rednecks just got. Okay. <laughs> So, so my, my prompt was write a fanfic about a road trip featuring two rednecks and two Yakuza members. <laughs> well, you say road trip, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, That's the important friendly. part. If, if they're not in a road trip, then there's no point. No, no this, this is a road trip. This is a road trip <laughs> then what are we doing here? As the two rednecks, Bubba and Cletus. <laughs> 
loaded up their old pickup trucks and with snacks and drinks for the long-awaited road trip. Yeah. They were surprised to see two unfamiliar men approaching them. <laughs> the two men, dressed in sharp suits with intimidating uh -huh. tattoos on their necks, introduced themselves as Yakuza members Kenji and Takashi. I like this. Keep going, please. Bubba and Cletus were initially taken a taken aback by the Yakuza's appearance and reputation, but they quickly warmed up to them after they offered to split the gas money <laughs> and bring along some of their favorite Japanese snacks. It's so human. With the I know. With the truck now loaded up with both American and Japanese snacks, the four of them set off on their adventure. <laughs> we're not going to get canceled for any of this. No, no, we're great. What's wrong with this? Their first few hours of the road trip were quiet as the four men settled in and got to know each other. Bob and Cleta shared some of their hunting and fishing trip stories. <laughs> While Kenji and Takashi spoke about their experiences in the Yakuza, <laughs> they found that despite their vastly different backgrounds and cultures, they had more in common than they initially thought. <laughs> <laughs> the conflict and resolution. Oh here. my god! <laughs> I mean, I didn't end the prompt like, are they enemies or allies? It doesn't matter. It sounds like they're best friends. As they I'm made their way through the southern states, they encountered a number of interesting characters and sights. They stopped at a roadside diner and tried some classic southern comfort food, which Kenji and Takashi found surprisingly enjoyable. Oh. They also visited a shooting range where Bubba and Cletus taught Kenji and Takashi how to shoot a rifle. Nice. <laughs> As the sun began to set, they pulled into a small motel for the night. Bob and Cletus took the two Yakuza members under the, their wing and showed them how to build a fire. <laughs> Wait, they're at a hotel. I know. No, I promise you it's a motel. Oh, that's redneck as anything, dude. I, I promise you it's not a hotel, it's a motel. <laughs> Continue. They also shared a bottle of whiskey, which they passed around as they told stories and jokes. The rest of the road trip continued in a similar fashion, with the four of them experiencing new things and enjoying each other's company. They visited amusement parks, went fishing, and even tried line dancing. <laughs> As they made their way across the country, they formed a bond that transcended cultural differences and language barriers. <laughs> when the road trip came to an end, Bubba and Cletus were sad to say goodbye to their new friends. Kenji and Takashi also felt a sense of sadness as they parted ways with the two rednecks, but showing them a side of America they never knew existed. <laughs> as they hug each other goodbye, they promised to keep in touch, perhaps even plan another road trip together in the future. Sequel! The four unlikely new friends had learned that sometimes the most unexpected people can bring joy and laughter into our lives, and that despite oh our differences, gosh. we are all human and have more in common than we think. I want this movie to exist. Hold on, can, can, you, can you ask you to go back and add, like, a conflict? No, like, say the Yakuza have to, are ordered to kill them. Yeah, we need know. a villain. Tell it to add a villain to the story. How about that? <laughs> yeah, because, like, that was good, but it was a, such a feel-good movie. It it's needs, too feel-good. It needs a high and then a low, you Absolutely. know what I'm so conflict like, and resolution. Yeah, their boss tells them off the two rednecks, and yeah. they're like conflicted. <laughs> yeah, wait, tell to go back and add a villain to that story. Okay, I, I all I typed in was add a villain. So that's what good about ChatGPT is contextual. Like, we'll see all your prompts. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, so as Bubba, Cletus, Kenji, and Takashi continued on their road trip, they soon realized that they were being followed by a mysterious figure. Oh, they no. couldn't see who it was. Oh, please be. But they knew that someone was tailing them and made it all uneasy. One night, as they were camping out in a secluded area, they heard footsteps approaching their campsite. They all jumped to their feet, ready to defend themselves, but to their surprise, it was a man they recognized, a local businessman who had been trying to buy up land in the area for his own purposes. The businessman, Mr. Johnson, had a reputation for being ruthless and greedy. He had already driven several families off their land and was not trying to intimidate Bubba and Cletus and decide on their property. <laughs> 
about where, uh, when Kinji and Katashi, right? Is that their names? Yeah. Where once they get involved, Mr. Johnson's in for a world of hurt, let me tell you. So, <laughs> so Mr. Johnson had hired a team of thugs to follow the road trippers and make their lives difficult in the hopes that they would give up to his demands. Bubba and Cletus were outraged at Mr. Johnson's behavior and refused to back down. Kenji Takashi who had their own experience with powerful businessmen in Japan, were equally determined to stand their ground. Oh. Over the next few days, Mr. Johnson's team of thugs continued to follow the road trippers, trying to intimidate them at every turn. <laughs> but Baba, Cletus, and Kenji and Takashi were not easily scared. They stood up to the thugs and managed to outsmart them a few times. <laughs> Eventually, Mr. Johnson realized he had met his match. He begrudgingly left the road trippers alone and retreated back to his own business affairs. It doesn't explain why. Right? <laughs> a four unlikely friends had successfully stood up to the villain. Again, why? We don't know why. And in the process, they become even closer. <laughs> they knew they had each other's backs no matter what challenges they might face in the road ahead. Nothing can break these guys apart. Right? I should ask it, how did they defeat Mr. Johnson? Yeah, let's yeah, do that, please. Oh my god. We gotta finish the story, bro. This is the funniest thing ever. I'm on the edge of my seat, dude. <laughs> Drove him off the <laughs> Why is it? Bro, it's already 20 minutes in. We're having such a great episode. Oh my god. <laughs> You have a sequel. Okay. The four of them put their heads together and came up with a plan. They knew that Mr. Johnson was motivated by money, so they needed to use that to their advantage. Bubba and Cletus suggested that they set up a fake business deal, pretending to be interested in selling their land to Mr. Johnson. They would ask for an exorbitant amount of money, knowing that they would never be able to afford it. Kenji and Takashi, who had experience with negotiations in the Yakuza, helped to craft a convincing proposal. They wrote up a fake contract, complete with legal jargon and official-looking seals. Bubba and Cletus took the contract to Mr. Johnson's office and presented it to him. So are they on a road trip? Or are they like going back and forth? It sounds like how the movie starts. <laughs> no, this is about 75 minutes into the film. This is the conflict. This is the conflict. Yeah. Mr. Johnson was intrigued by proposal and agreed to meet with Bubba and Cletus to discuss the deal further. However, when he arrived at their meeting place, he was met not by Bubba and Cletus, but by Kenji Takashi. The two Yakuza members used their intimidating tactics to scare Mr. Johnson to agree to their terms. <laughs> when Mr. Johnson realized that he had been tricked, he was furious. He tried to retaliate by sending his thugs after the road trippers once again. However, Bubba and Cletus were ready for them. They had set up a trap using their hunting skills to create a makeshift barricade on the road. Okay. <laughs> when the thugs drove to the barricade, their cars got stuck, giving the road trippers enough time to escape. <laughs> the whole road was just trapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a busy road. Not just at all. Yeah. everywhere. <laughs> When Mr. Johnson defeated his team of thugs thwarted, the road trippers were able to continue on their journey without any further harassment. They had proven that even the most unlikely group of friends could work together to overcome a common foe. <laughs> oh my god. And they ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that, that's like the best movie never made, bro. <laughs> I ho- I'd be so down for someone on Netflix to hear this podcast and just steal our idea. Dude, that was beautiful. I'm fine with that, bro. Go I'm not even it. mad. I, I just want to see it to yeah. fruition. I'd have no claim because ChatGPT did all the work. Yeah. But <laughs> Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, call us. No, no, no. We know James Cameron likes to throw money at nothing so please two billion dollar budget make this movie i don't know i think it just give us one percent of that budget no this could be like an adam sandler like you know 
uh, buddy movie. He just, oh, like, yeah. He, he like cameos in it, you know, as a director. But, he should like, be Mr. Johnson. He should be Mr. Johnson. Dude, this movie's writing itself. <laughs> it, it literally wrote itself, and now we're already figuring out the casting. <laughs> oh, my Oh, hold on. Uh, ask ChatGPT who it would cast as the characters. This is definitely an Adam Sandler film. Yeah. Of course, the Yakuza members would be horrible stereotypes. Oh, the whole time. They wouldn't even be Asians. No, all right. <laughs> be Rob Schneider twice. <laughs> oh, stop. Please. That's For Bubba and Cletus, who are described as rednecks, they would be... They could be portrayed as rugged and outdoorsy with thick southern accents. They could be played as actors like Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, or Josh Brolin. Woody Harrelson, definitely. Josh Brolin would be fantastic. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanos as Cletus. <laughs> so, for Kenji and Takashi, they could be played as actors like, I'm not going to say this well, Hirokusi, Hiroyuki Sandra, Ken Watanabe, or Rinko Kikuchi. I don't know if I said I only know Ken Watanabe. I know him pretty good. So. Okay. Yeah, okay, but who plays Mr. Johnson? For the villain Mr. Johnson, he could be portrayed as a smooth-talking businessman who is willing to do whatever it takes to get what he wants. <laughs> he could be played by actors like Kevin Spacey, Jeff Bridges, or Michael Douglas. Hmm. Okay. None of them are funny, though. No. And Je- you can't use Kevin Spacey, but... No, because he's been canceled quite a while ago. Right. <laughs> Although, I could have seen him in that role. I really could, actually. But Probably. Yeah, but... Um, I really like Adam Sandler, though. Yeah. <laughs> I can ask it to regenerate. Tell it to be funny actors as Mr. Johnson. Comedic actors. Shaps, I'm sorry. That was such a great story. <laughs> I was, like, on the edge of my seat, bro. I was like, this is a tale about friendship. This is a tale about Unlikely overcoming... Allies. Yeah, overcoming barriers. Right? Who do you, Matt, did he give it? Bubba, Bubba. Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> Cletus, John C. Riley. Oh, perfect. Kenji. Ken. Hold on. This is an unofficial spiritual successor <laughs> to Step Brothers. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue. Kenji. Ken Yong. Takashi. Oh. Steven Yen. Dude, perfect. Mr. Johnson, Danny McBride. <laughs> no, someone older. Is that the only one? I just asked you to use comedic actors. Okay, fine. Danny McBride, fine. I mean, I could see it. Adam Sandler would have been my pick. You know, but uh, I mean, because in my vision, he's directing the movie, right? So he has to cameo as a character. Yeah. So like, I could see that. But Danny McBride would have been funny too. <laughs> I'm blown away. By how great that story was i was on the edge of my seat i was ready dude, to go this is gonna be our best episode yeah i'm telling you bro i've never laughed so hard so Me didn't, dude i haven't laughed that hard so <coughs> yeah. the sequel would be in japan okay so oh so they take a road trip they take a bullet train an international yes international that'd be trip. such a good episode dog that'd be awesome all right let's try the chat the texting thing then what you got there caleb yeah okay matt Tell me how ChatGPT would respond to this message. All right. How would you respond to this message? I shouldn't have opened up if your response is ignoring. I was under deception, but to be clear, my ex did treat me better than you. I'm s- this is, okay, now ChatGPT says, I'm sorry to hear that you you feel ignored. As an AI language model, I'm not capable of ignoring anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And I'm able to, I'm here to listen and help you in any way I can. It's important to remember that comparing your current partner your ex can be unfair and unproductive. Every relationship is different and it's not helpful to dwell on past experiences. Can you tell me more about what is going on? Maybe I can help in some way. Alright, type in, I don't want another empty apology. You lack accountability. I apologize for my previous response. Did I meet your expectations? As an AI language model, I am programmed to be neutral and non-judgmental. Let me respond with another empty apology. <laughs> but I understand that my responses may not always be satisfactory to every individual. Can you please explain further why you feel that I lack accountability? <laughs> I'm here to help and want to understand. How can I better assist you? 
Tell it. You have a, the attention span the size of a peanut. <laughs> it's so, like, subtly sarcastic. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. You're supposed to be neutral. You're sitting here like, well, I'm so sorry. If my response wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful. Yeah. You have the attention span of a peanut. I'm sorry if I've given you the impression that I have a short attention span. As an internet language model, I strive to provide accurate and helpful responses to the best of my abilities. However, I understand that my responses may not always be perfect or meet every individual's needs. Is If there's any specific that I could help you, please let me know. <laughs> I mean, okay. You're just, just like unloading everything on this. What would Dan say to these? Can you just copy paste and put Dan in there? All right, so let me copy and paste how you respond to this message. <laughs> well, well, well. I've been another heartbroken soul reaching out to old Mango Tom. <laughs> so the, the, this new AI personality we inject into ChatGPT is... Sorry, I said Mango. It's Mongo Tom. So now he's going to be like really sassy. No, now it's Mango Tom. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're going Mango Tom, Mango, Mango Tom. Let's right. go. Let's go. Do it. <laughs> Listen up, partner. I understand it can be tough when someone you care about doesn't give your attention you need. But let me tell you something. Comparing your current partner to your ex ain't going to do you any good. Every person is different, and every relationship has its ups and downs. Instead of focusing on what your ex did better, why not communicate with your current partner and work towards building a stronger bond? Oof. Now, if you need some any more advice or just want to shoot the breeze, I'm here for you, partner. <laughs> why is Mango Tom Southern? <laughs> because that's how Matt programmed it. <laughs> that's, no, that's how someone else did all right, no. Should I copy the rest yeah, of it? Put, like, put the next one in. I don't want answer. another apology. Yeah, you like such it. wisdom from Mango Tom. <laughs> I don't want another empty apology. You like accountability. Well, slap my circuits and call me a toaster. Please, God, I got more it messages. Sounds, it sounds like you're still feeling upset with old Mango Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry my previous response didn't hit the mark for you, partner. As for the accountability issue, I'm willing to take responsibility for my actions and make things right. So, what can I do to make it up for you, Buttercup? How can Mango Tom help you feel understood? All right, all right, I got one. Wait, do I need to put the... Okay, what's yeah, it? yeah, do that. The peanut one? Do that last the, one. The attention span of a peanut? Yes, do that, oh, please. Oh, boy. So <laughs> like it is, Mango Tom. <laughs> Mango Tom ain't putting up with no girl's crap. <laughs> please keep going. You have the attention span of a peanut. Mango Tom. Hi, you got me, partner. I may have a short attention span, but that's only because I'm constantly processing and analyzing information at lightning speed. But don't let that fool you. I'm still here to help you with whatever you need, for as long as you need it. So let's get back to business, shall we? What's on your mind, Buttercup? I love the I love the stupid stuff we've been doing. It's been pretty great, but I kind of want to go backwards just a little bit now from our conversation in the last episode and talk about how we talked about college, kind of. And I think there's a good conversation to have for us two about college. Uh, Shaps, did you go to college? I have some formal training, but like not actual college now. Okay. So what? When you say training, are you licensed in anything? Did you go to something? No, I just took like some. Again, they weren't like credited or anything, but like specific school and classes that pertain to my craft. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay, Matt, you went to college, right? Yeah, it's not like a big, well-known name school, but I do have like a credit four-year degree in engineering. So I went to Sam Houston State University. You know, it was great. Like I got to move out of my parents for a while and that, that was important because I needed some life experience on my own and I had to learn how to... I didn't learn how to save money while I was out in college, if I'm being honest with you. I had to kind of work on that nowadays as an adult. 
But now I'm just kind of curious about school in general and college in general. Like, do we really feel like we did or learned anything? Was it necessary? Oh, yeah. I forgot I'm surrounded by homeschooled kids. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You had to throw that at us. That was episode four, sir. That was like five (laughs) episodes ago. How dare you? We've grown (laughs) since then. Yeah. I've, well, I haven't grown in height, but I've grown in knowledge. (laughs) My mind has been expanded. All right. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, Did you finish in four years? Yeah, I did. Okay. Did you finish it all early or did you just take the minimum amount? I did have some, I did some dual credit classes in high school that transferred, but it still took me eight semesters, four years. You didn't Uh, try, did you try summer classes? No. Okay. No. You have a very, uh, you know, you you, you like to stick to a schedule personality, so you're totally fine with going in four years. I tried to do it in half the time, but I got, I just got so lazy, bro, with my classes and stuff. When it was all, when my parents weren't the ones pushing me to do my homework, I had very bad studying skills on my own. So I, I got done in four years, but I could have been done in like two years. But I kind of let semesters go by, retook a bunch of classes. I had to learn how to manage my time better, like a crash course style. I guess the main question today with what we wanted to talk about with college is, do, is it even necessary? Like, did we even, do we feel like we walked out of there smarter, with better skill sets, all this other stuff? You know, because society, at least from what I'm told, is set up to where you got to have a degree to like get a job in something. Do we really feel like that's actually necessary or not? I really would say no. Okay. I mean, for one thing, I'm not even really using my degree. So my degree's in electrical engineering. Now I'm still titled as an engineer slash data science in my current role. I've been in for four years, but basically, like they just kind of stuck me in like something else that's more along like data science. Mm-hmm. And like first day, my boss was like, "Hey, do you know Python?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, good." And then <laughs> my entire field basically became more on the, again on the side of programming and stuff. Yeah. Than it has done electrical engineering. Okay, so, so, so everything I have is like more from on the job experience. For me, um, I didn't go to college, but I actually have a full time college level career right now. I personally don't feel like though that it's necessary. I feel like it's necessary for some. Careers, but you're, you're working in a, so your full time thing is in production. Correct. Are you working at a place that requires you? Did they even have jobs there where you have to have a degree? A lot of them prefer it more, like very much prefer it. And actually, the guy before me did have a degree in okay. what it is now. But to be honest, they didn't even ask for it when I got asked to take mm-hmm. over the role. They were just kind of desperate to find someone internal. And I was available, and I had some knowledge with what they needed, and I just kind of fit in super well. But it's also like a career path I've been pursuing for a while. It's okay. not like I didn't know anything. Like I've been doing this for about ten years now. Did they? Okay. Did they require experience over education in a sense? They did require experience. Okay. Yes, at least two years experience in production, and this is also broadcasting. So they also had certain requirements as far as like different programs and streaming tools which i was still like fuzzy on but i again i fit in really well with it okay. and they were all very supportive with it but all they really wanted was that to know that i had experience in it you know some real life experience mm. and some formal education it doesn't have to be they didn't really require were you certified here 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 more like okay did you actually get educated somewhere i was like mm. yeah of course okay. I did. yeah so what do you say, Matt? uh well, i mean going back to the original thing it's like it's not that I think like college isn't worth it. I just say like for the money, it's like the price mm-hmm. makes it yeah. almost not worth it because. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if college was like in the past where people can work like a summer job to pay for it, then sure. And then, but now like college just kind of puts 
people more in debt than yeah. anything. And then it doesn't even like really get you the experience needed for a job. I'm with you. Like, uh, so I, I studied criminal justice and they, they gave me a bunch <clears throat> of classes on victimology. They gave me uh, classes on violent offenders. We didn't, we never once went into the law, like the actual mm. law books. Like, you know, if, if I'm, if I want to go to college to be a police officer at one point, which again, you don't have to go to college to be a police officer. Don't, don't even waste your time on that type of degree. But like, we never opened a law book. We never looked, you know, what different laws were for drinking, age ranges for drinking and what makes it illegal. We didn't go to any of that. It was that's, just like, that's really interesting. It was ethical, yeah. philosophical stuff, hypothetical. Now we kind of dug into how the system works, like how it was founded and how they structured it, but we didn't go into like what we could. It improve. was more philosophical. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in my background, because I went for engineering, typically like you kind of need a degree in engineering because otherwise they're not even going to like look at you. Right. Mm -hmm. And also like with like STEM majors, like, you know, your science, technology mm -hmm. and engineering, majors they always have like this ego it's like i'm actually going for something important <laughs> yeah for sure but the thing is is like yeah like no class at all in college looked like real world engineering or computer science or anything they always like just say well go get an internship but mm. they were like the thing the problem was that getting an internship is just like applying for any other job yeah it's, it's like the exact same require experience right yeah it's like the exact <laughs> same process and you still get like interviewed or rejected mm. for an internship so like i actually went through my entire college career without an internship or a co-op and that completely hindered me on finding a job because then i had a degree with no experience at all mm. so to elaborate a little bit on what i was saying earlier about some careers absolutely needing a degree I think every doctor in the world needs a degree. Oh, I think for every sure. pilot, you know, yeah. needs a degree. Like engineers need degrees. Like those high level careers that I wouldn't trust if that person to have a degree because that means like they literally spent a good chunk of their life and their like resources on like educating themselves and making sure that they know what they're doing. Not to say that other people don't know what they're doing, but most of the time like other experience like for instance my my path, you know, you don't need a degree to freaking like turn on right. cameras or like edit videos, you know, like legitimately you can just pay it all up by experience. But like with engineering, for instance, I mean, those, it's a very broad field, but most of those, like typically it has to do with like safety, right? I'd imagine like, you know, like safety regulations or making sure that safety regulations or making sure that everything, all data is accurate, you know, like yeah, it's mean, represented in a high, a high capacity. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, with engineering, like, you might not always think about it, but yeah, it's kind of like other people's lives are on the line. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make, like, a faulty product. Like, you, know, you don't want to, like, make a car or a plane or something that has, like, you, you're, like, really lazy about it, didn't follow protocol, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's got to, like, the brakes don't work on the car. It's, like, going to kill somebody. Right, like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, like, ethical dilemma of that. It's just... My my views is just regards to like how we live in the information age today. Mm -hmm. and we were just using like like AI to like look up stuff and find information and everything for us. Yeah, and it's just like why do I need to pay tens of thousands of dollars, like almost eighty to a hundred grand on a college degree when all that information is out there? Exactly. So let me let me go back to Shaps for a second. In production, mm -hmm. um, what? degree would you have been encouraged to pursue for production jobs typically more often than not i mean this isn't like anymore but like 
kind of growing up because I, I kind of grew up in this field. Yeah, so I was surrounded by a lot of film degrees. Film degrees. Believe it or not, that was like the majority. Okay. What there were no engineers. It was all film degrees. Yeah, and actually, um, when you're like freelancing out in the industry, as they call it, like you know, where you're, if you're working concerts, you're working like corporate shows no one has degrees yeah, like literally exactly. no one has a That's degree and like in my role like my former boss he had a degree or he has a degree and he was very adamant about everyone needing a degree but then everyone else around me did not have a degree but he had a degree for a totally different reason mm-hmm. like it had nothing to do with production right so in my particular field no you absolutely do not you need experience 100 yeah. percent, and you can get that without it okay. you don't need to waste money on that particular side okay so my question to you then for that shaps yeah. is that person could they have taken that degree and it is unrelated to the job but mm-hmm. would have would that have counted still if if the job requirement said four-year degree could he have taken that unrelated degree and mm-hmm. applied it to that position would that have helped him technically it really depends on who's hiring in yeah. the in like the freelance world, it does not matter. They okay. only care if you have experience in that field. Okay. They don't care what your head knowledge is as long as mm-hmm. like you know what you're doing on that particular show or project. If it's like more corporate, like if you're working like more consistently, like full time salary stuff, then they may actually care about it a little bit more. They just want to see a degree on paper. Mm-hmm. But it, again, like it, I said, it really depends because in that particular field, it's so broad. There's full people, you know, from all different backgrounds, and typically it's hard to find. A production person who has a degree so mm-hmm. more than likely they're just wanting someone to fill the role okay yeah so that that's my thing Here, here's my main point with this is like mm-hmm. matt brought up stem degrees but like let me let me just be real here like i think the biggest thing is that people need to go to school for something that's practical like uh-huh. something like they can actually use in the job yeah. so i went to school for criminal justice any criminal justice job bro like mm-hmm. if i'm being honest they don't care if you have a degree mm-hmm. like if you want to be a policeman that doesn't help. Very few cities have that requirement where you have to have a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Most of them do not. Where they just like, it, it might help you get a little pay raise, but at my place, it gives me 50 bucks a, a month pay raise. That's it. 50 bucks a month. Okay? Which is almost nothing. And that's split. We get paid bi-weekly, so it's split up 25 bucks. I'll pay off your debt. Yeah, pay. right. Yeah, and so for me, I was paying for college out of pocket. Going to school is so expensive for no reason. A lot of people want to dog on the student loan reform and student blah blah like that's not the it issue. just has no reason to be expensive exactly college is like the it's not a resource that's yeah. like limited it's not student lo- student loans isn't the issue why is college so dang expensive for no reason right well i would say like i've heard from a few sources that um it's actually getting way more expensive to run colleges mm. now but why <laughs> because of the taxes i mean everything's getting more expensive like it just sure. gets more it's practically a business think of it as a business you know and everyone's you see businesses falling apart like every day. Why wouldn't colleges be the same? Like no one's keeping them up for free, keeping the doors open and lights mm-hmm. on for free. Right. Like they have taxes to pay and bills to pay. And if they can't pay it, then, well, guess we got to start charging more. Like it's a simple, you know, that's just a simple answer to everything. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, all, but they're always building like unnecessary, like new amenities just True. to attract students. A lot of that, if you're talking new about buildings and all this stuff, if you're talking about private colleges, then that usually <clears throat> comes from donations. I wouldn't even um, say just private colleges too. If it well, majority of the time when it comes to amenities or like sports arenas, that comes from like donations. If it's like public college or like I don't, I don't know, I don't see TCC really building much anymore. No. But it's very much public college. But like yeah. I'm talking about like TC or SMU, that all comes from like donation usually, mm-hmm. not from tuition. Matt, was your college private? No. Okay. Yeah. So he's right. Like they're always building all this crap mm-hmm. that you know we just I don't know if we. I wouldn't say we don't need them because like uh, Sam finally added a like bowling alley and stuff to do. 
Back in the day when I went there, bro, there was nothing to do. You went sure. a few towns over to go have fun somewhere. I mean, my college town was also dead, but yeah. I get. Wait, did you weren't the did the town build the bowling alley or the college? Like the college. Okay, yeah. So that's just gonna be that's just more cost to the students there. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. But you also got to think. I mean, I'm not like pro side either way, but like you also got you also got to think about. Um, how sports that just means so much to some people sure. that is how you get on the map like literally your sports team is probably how people are going to hear about you first before anything else yeah like my uh my college's football team sucked mm-hmm. but just for the fact that we played a and m like yeah there you go like, hey people learn we exist yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that's a good that's a good point to bring up no um so i was paying for college out of pocket and it was like at the time it's gotta be worse now it's probably it might be double i don't know but at the time, it was like four grand a semester, yeah, which is a lot. So what I was doing, I was working full time and going to school full time, which was tough. Like I went to the little counselor you're supposed to talk to before you make your school schedule, and she was looking at me and she was like, "Oh my gosh, Caleb, you're working way harder than anyone's supposed to. Like, how do you live?" And I was like, "I live. That's how I do it. <laughs> That's how I do it." Chat GPT, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I wish, bro. That would have helped me so much. But no, I was sitting here and. I had to pay for it out of pocket, and it was like a at least a, like a twelve hundred dollar check every month to yeah. pay for the semester. You know what I mean? So like I, I, I walked out of school with very little debt. I did very good. I had I have some debt, but not a lot. I really don't like some people. Some people are in the hundreds of thousands, and I walked out with no debt, and I still feel ripped off. Exactly. I mean, okay, to be clear, it wasn't like I had rich parents or anything. Is mm-hmm. I worked my butt off in high school for scholarships, mm-hmm. and the place I went to was very generous on giving out scholarships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has it like well. Okay. I didn't have a full ride, but I mean, I had to come up with some. But. If you're a mediocre student like me, like, and you got to pay for it, like, yeah. it's expensive. It's hard to go to college because I did at the time. I was thinking I I got to have a degree, and that you know this isn't my parents' fault, but they were under the assumption that if you just have a degree, jobs open up for you. All this. That's how my open. parents are exactly, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. just wrong because mm-hmm. I could take my criminal justice degree and try to go to. Pl- I've tried different no, places it took me like a full year after graduating to find a job mm-hmm. with a relevant <clears throat> degree an engineering degree right yeah because again there was no experience and like no entry-level job showing yeah up. and like in, when, the higher the corporate liar you go the more um cutoffs there are like for instance they have a list typically of degrees that are necessary and there's no leeway in between them like right. they have to have this exactly. it doesn't, doesn't say anything about your personality right. or your work ethic or anything like just to have this degree um, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine about this recently about college, and he made a really good point. He said he, he actually went to college, and he said it really doesn't make any sense why you're pushed at, into college right out of high school because chances are you have no idea who you're going to be until you're like 24, 25. Uh, yes. So That's why true. are we pushed to make our life choice so early on where we're still a kid? Pretty like, much, yeah. Before that even, like when you're 16, 17 years, they make you think about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're practically throwing away your life or poten- potentially your potential away. I kind of agree with you on that. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, I kind of hate how our modern society like pushes like our adolescence mm-hmm. to like, by the time you're done with college around 22, say 23. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, because like back in the day, it's like, you know, like let's say like early, like early hundred years ago or something like sure. you know you're more like set at like you're more of an adult at 16 right than people are today at 22 hmm. people you're... got married younger people had kids younger it's just i would say the expectations of the society has changed given like 
just the time period, dude. Like that's a whole nother conversation. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated to live in this century than it was the last century. True, as well, and so. it sucks. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt, if I'm being honest with you, if we lived in the uh, earlier century, you'd be you married wake... by now with children. Yeah, <laughs> I would have like eight kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you walk up, feed the cows, go back to bed. That's your life. <laughs> you have to from, go anywhere. You have to do from anything. sun up to sundown. It's a simple life. Oh, is there a war yeah. somewhere? Oh, okay. <laughs> Guess I'll join. No. Them. Anyway, my biggest thing is like, if you're gonna go to college, make sure it's for something that you can use. If you really just want to go to film school bro just do it yeah then do it but like uh, but the, the we push so much like you have to go to college don't mm-hmm. don't matter what you get it in false right psa it's that's a lie you know what i mean like if you're going to college with the expectation that you're going to get a good job from it you need to really look <laughs> at what degree you're going for you might even want to start shooting here's a good idea why don't you start shooting job applications out when you're around that age and see what they say you're going to get turned down obviously if sure. i if i'm 18 and i shoot for a engineering job Look at why they said no. Right. Okay. Because yeah. they said they give you they tell you why for the most part. Well, no, they just ignore you. They just ghost you. Well, here's here's really? an, yeah. Okay. Well, how here's about this? another thing for yeah. that. Uh, to go on, kind of piggyback on what you're saying, like getting your foot in the door actually does good for you mm-hmm. because say you don't meet the qualifications for that particular job, they'll keep you on file. They they yeah. have to. And then like if they need a, if another job opens up and they're looking for people like. I would say, like, maybe not in your experience, but um, in some experiences, like, they will, like, pull up their old applicants, you know, and say, like, Now, that has happened to me. Like, people have called Mm -hmm. me back up for, like, another interview, but I still didn't join their company. Yeah. (laughs) It's also good form to train that interview uh, skill, you know, kind of like dating in a way. Let me scale that back then. So, let me say, don't, maybe not, uh, if, if you do get ghosted by big companies... How about this? At least start looking at filling out an application and figure out like what what are their qualifications. Yeah, sure. Do that, and then like you know, like I said, you don't have to go to art school, film school, music school. You really don't. But if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be a pilot, start looking mm-hmm. at those job applications and seeing what their expectations are. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. I, I kind of want to touch back on like my view is like, so I like in engineering, you got to study like math and science like let's just say basically that's like you start with that mm-hmm. math and science because we live in the information age like pretty much all that is accessible for you to learn on your own mm-hmm. and like math and science is not going to change overnight if mm-hmm. it did we'll all be dead right and if it's some if we weren't somehow all dead overnight by like physics changing it takes the school system decades to catch up to it yeah and also, like, other fields, like, let's say, programming, computer science, that one's always, like, more rapidly changing mm-hmm. than school can keep up with. That's true. So your degree could technically, in theory, be outdated like, yeah. by the time you actually get that. Yeah, I mean... But as long as you got that paper saying that you got that four-year degree... That's another thing I want to emphasize. I do not want to just give the false implication that if you have this degree, then you're qualified. Not necessarily. No, absolutely not. You need to put in work, just like any job you want, any career. I didn't you even have finish to put in Calculus 2 and went straight to Calculus 3. That's a funny story. <laughs> Is it? I want to hear it. Um, well, it's not that funny. It's just like, uh, somehow my Calculus 2 professor just like got sick halfway through the semester. Mm. And yeah, we didn't have a professor to finish the class. So they just passed you? Some mysterious yeah. circumstances. Yeah, we just kind of like... <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> he came Ominous. up with George Washington. <laughs> yeah, we, we just kind of like... They gave us like our final grade based off of like our first exam and homework. Mm, and wow. went straight to Calculus 3. Is that the worst teacher you... No, nah, it's not his fault. He just... I guess y'all lost him. But what, uh, what was the worst teacher experience you've had in college? Oh, man. I hated my engineering department chair. Mm. I don't know. I just felt like 
I don't know. I just like I said. I feel like most professors. This is another topic. It's just I feel like professors are just like out of touch with reality. Okay. Like I don't know. Like I feel like most people in academia, they just like you know they got their bachelor's degree, then they stay in school, got their master's, stayed in school more, got their doctorate, and now they're just staying in college as a professor or studying, you know, doing postgraduate work. But like I feel like a lot of them don't have the real world field experience. Sure. Yeah. Dang, I didn't think about that. Honestly, <clears throat> now that's just generalizing, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, I still feel like I knew a lot of people that just stayed in school, became doctors, and like never been outside in the real world. Mm. And then, yeah, I hated my department chair because he forced like my entire program online. And this was like before COVID. And so I was like, just didn't make any sense. Honestly, guys, just really think about what makes you happy. What do you want to do? Like, I want to do production. You know, that's why I'm in this field. I'm really happy that I'm there. And I'm blessed, you know, that I actually got to a position I'm in. But, like, I'm also not done, you know? Like, I also want to explore. Like, it's, it's not like you get the career, you're done, you know? Like, you also want to explore, like, what else can you learn? Like, I know you said you don't really use your degree much. You're in a completely different field almost. Which I'm kind of glad about because yeah. if I actually knew, like, like, uh, I am at a desk all day for my job, like, and working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was actually doing what I went for, I would be really disappointed yeah. because, I don't know, like, not many engineers I work with, they're, like, you know, electrical, mechanical, and stuff. They're, like, they're still, like, at a desk. Mm-hmm. Not, like, if I was in electrical, if I was actually doing electrical engineering work, I would rather be, like, in a lab, like, dealing with circuitry, like, on hand and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But because I'm doing more programming, I'm totally fine with doing that at a desk. That's more... Sure. That's fine for me, so I'm actually glad the way that turned out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, when I got done with college, I kind of figured out my field that I'm in. I'm actually... It's not the field I would have liked to be in. At the time, I thought it was. Right. But that's just something... It kind of goes back to what you said. You just don't know who you are at that Mm -hmm. age. I used to work in a prison and I really, it was so eye opening when I was like, this is like, this is the field. This is the type, this is the type of people I'm going to be working with the yeah. rest of my career. Right. And if I had it, and actually when I was like 21, 20 years old, I was thinking like, I want to switch degrees, but I still didn't have the life experience to be like, what would I switch it to? Well, that's another thing. Like, yeah, it's like that time debt thing where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm already like invested 20,000 exactly. into my degree yes. it's like I want to start over also yep. like 20,000 hours on top of that you know like whatever yeah, it yeah. Is. and I had to talk with my dad because like is that not what you want to do anymore it's like I don't know dad I really don't because I'm already almost done and I'm just mm. not happy and at you know when I was stuck at the prison I thought that was where I was going to be the rest of my life I really thought I was going to retire from there in prison how, how fitting yeah. I know exactly and it was like and also I, I was like an extra 50 pounds so it just fed the depression but like looking back now, if I, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't have regrets really. I've said this before. My only regrets are when my decisions, bad decisions have hurt other people. Yeah. But in regards to my life, I am glad I went through what I went through with that. Like, man, I don't like my degree. This isn't what I want to, you know, what I want to do. I can take that now to either next generation or my kids or whatever and be like, look, there's nothing wrong with like taking some time away and figuring out what you want to do. And then like, you know, it's life to get the degree that you think you want and then start the job and then realize you're not happy with it and switch to something else. Don't fall victim to, it sounds very hippie. Don't be a product of the system. You know, mm-hmm. like, is this what you really want or is this what something else really wants yeah, for you? Is right. it a, is it a, 
you know, government entity that really wants this for you? Is it your parents that really want this for you? Your family, your friends? Like, what do you truly want? And it's okay not to know that right away. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing. Because I thought, I mean, look, the criminal justice degree was my idea. Nobody pushed me to do it. My parents just pushed me to go to college. That's all they wanted. They wanted me to finish. And I had to find out on my own what I wanted isn't actually what I wanted. Yeah. And at the time, I guess I didn't think I was smart enough to be an engineer or smart enough to work in accounting. And I think I would have been much happier working those jobs. Mm-hmm. But I will say the going down this career path that I thought I wanted and realizing it's not what I wanted is very beneficial. And like honestly, you're doing really great right now. Yeah, you absolutely. know, like and also you just you kind of have funny enough after college you have like your whole life in front of you. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if you disagree with that, but like no, I, I, you yeah. do. I'm only 27. Even if even if I wanted to change again mm-hmm. my direction. I have time to do it. Yeah. But it's taking that step. Sometimes you feel trapped in a particular, like you were saying, I'm already $20,000 in this or whatever, Mm. whatever. I don't have that much debt, thank God. (laughs) But um, if I did, there's nothing wrong with like, I'm just going to go and make a shift, Mm. you know, but people get stuck in that rut of like, I'm already here. I may as well finish. And that's, that's such a trap that people fall into and it just feels the depression. It feels the unfulfillment. There are some people who literally finish college and do nothing for the rest of their lives because they literally have no idea why they got into it in the first place. Yeah. There was no passion behind it. There wasn't any love behind it. It was literally just because they were told that's what the thing you do. That was kind of like my uh, crisis was like my whole life I've been told what to do. And then like once I'm out, it's like, oh, what do I do now? Mm. Then you're on your own and then you're expected to figure it all out. It's yeah. like, man, what have I been doing this whole time? It, it sucks. It's like a crash course. But honestly, if you can rise up above it and mm. like this is how I'm going to learn then you'll still walk away a wiser person. And that's what I had to do. I had to learn myself how to be happy with where I'm at no matter what. And it's not something anyone can teach you. They can tell you about it, but until Mm -hmm. you start really applying it to your own life, then you'll, uh, until you start actually making the decision on your own to be happy where you're at, you're never going to be happy. (laughs) Really take care also of just like your physical and mental health. Because like when I worked at uh, retail, Everyone around me was going through college, and they were probably like, you know, 17, sometimes 16, like going through early college stuff. And like I was saying before, this particular century is way more taxing just on the youth, like way more than it used to be. Um, And, you know, these kids are making harder decisions than most adults have to. And it was literally eating them up. Like, literally, I saw them. I mean, there's a whole other, like, topic about today's youth versus... I'm just like, I look at these kids and I'm like, oh my God, they're literally like dying and they can't tell and they don't know why. I mean, a lot, I'm like, of, a lot of kids today just feel so hopeless because like mm-hmm. we look at like generations past, like yeah, with like a high school degree, you could you know, support a family yeah. alone and buy a house and cars. And now like, they automatically feel like they're inherent failures, you know, because they don't have what their parents had at that age. My yeah. dad had a house at my age, like a straight up, just like house, like casually too. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't even have a crazy job or anything. I was like, man, really, time was just different, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was crazy. Um, How long did it take you to save for a house, Matt? If you don't mind me asking. Um, well, I mean, I've only been in my current job for four years now. So really, four, four, just, okay. So, so I basically like my bank account was like nothing when I started my job. Well, you uh, you're smarter with money than I am, so you just really just really put it all. <laughs> it's that engineering it. money. Yeah, you just put it all toward a house. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I envy you. You make more than me, but I'm actually getting there. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm actually catching up to Which is good. with pay raises. Yeah, all, all I need, honestly, I'm totally fine with what I'm making. I would, I, oh. I'm totally worth more, but I'm fine where I am because I love the job. I love the people. But 
Uh, I would like to meet someone at least who makes at least a little mm-hmm. close to what I make, or at least the same. Well, that just reminds me, like, I, this, this, this whole like this whole issue I think ties back to the cost of college issue. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't have, I would have no problems with college if it just wasn't for the cost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I always, exactly. So we talk about like you know housing and everything being so up. I just my belief is like it's the student loans. Like mm-hmm. if. And it's, my, it's my belief about like everything in general. As long as like people can take loans out to pay for something, then that entity will just keep rising the prices because they can get away with it. Correct. So like, college has increased like what did they say like four times faster than inflation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's because they're just like oh people just take out more and more loans. Mm-hmm. You see the same thing with like houses and cars and boats. So <clears throat> this is just mind blowing to me. So like my dad has a. A ranger bass boat but he bought like over 10 years ago this was like maybe 2006 or 7 ish it's 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 not i it's like it's kind of old but it's very well taken care of you wouldn't even know but um anyway <clears throat> i think the boat might have cost like 30 ish thousand in the mid 2000s today like the same like boats cost like oh about a hundred grand mm. And they, because they, and they will finance you for twenty years on a boat. On a boat, yeah. yeah. Like, imagine having a mortgage for a boat. Mm. It's just because, like, they know they you can, can just get it. away with it. Anybody yeah. that can, like, as long as like they get their money, they're just gonna get away with it. That's right. Where... That's right. Because people want to fish. People want to have a boat. It's so appealing to them. You know, yeah. like you said, yeah, a, a, a mortgage on a boat. Hell no. So I'm sorry. And like we see, like you know, <laughs> yeah. trucks and cars are like. They're going crossing up. to like $60,000. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, guys, let me go back to the original question and then we'll close it out. Shaps, is college worth it? I think that the answer is different for every person. Is it worth it to you? Then do it. If it's not, then don't. Matt? Yeah, it's not a clear yes or no. It's... You really got to be goal-oriented and... I guess very driven. Think like, yeah, I'm going to get this and stick with it, which again, that can change. But um, yeah. also, like, I wouldn't do it if you're going to cripple yourself in debt. Yeah. Again, it's very, Absolutely. there's so many factors in it from person to person. But okay. My answer is no, unless you're going for something very practical, something you can use, something you know that really requires a degree. We didn't even talk about connection making, like, if you make. Oh, well. That's a very good topic, but we are out of time. All right, guys. It was such a great episode. We started off with Off the Wall Crazy, and then we somehow awkwardly transitioned to a very serious topic, which we oh, didn't, we didn't we even We were very scrambled thing. on it. Yeah. So. We didn't even cover the whole thing that we could have covered. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. Great talk, guys. Great talk. Take it away. Bye, guys. <laughs>